From the Centre for Advancing Journalism at the University of Melbourne, this is The Yarn. I'm Clancy Balin. This episode starts with a word. Mental. I'm talking about what's going on under the hood, inside your head. What are the impulses that drive us? Why do we do what we do? Mental is the title of a new exhibition at the Science Gallery Melbourne. It's also the prompt given to our journalists by the gallery's curators way back in early 2020. The show, which has just opened, aims to confront societal bias and stereotypes around mental health. To celebrate the opening of the Science Gallery's new home in Parkville, we're going to bring you stories that explore our stigmas, fears and fantasies. Part one is all about the new you. From behaviour-shaping algorithms to smart pills, we investigate how the you in your head might not always be making the decisions for you. Just a quick note, this content deals both directly and indirectly with a range of mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised and take care while listening. We start with what happens to your brain when you get pregnant. Nell Gerard's reports. To you and your baby, we dedicate this film. Let me set the scene for you. You're an expecting mother. You wake up, the sun is shining, birds are chirping. Pretty soon you're going to be a mum. And you couldn't be more excited. But wait, did you leave the front door open all night? Did you feed the dog? And why is there a shoe in the fridge? You, my friend, have a case of baby brain. That's right, it's not a myth. I remember waking up with a start and just panicking and pushing Mark out of the bed and telling him, get off her, get off her. I went to pay and I couldn't remember my PIN number on my card. So I had all this shopping that had already been scanned and I had to call my husband down to come down and pay. I'd be having a conversation and literally halfway through the conversations, I'd forget what they were saying, what we were talking about, what was going on. I'd just blank. Who better to ask about baby brain than the very person who suffered nine months for my own existence? My beautiful mum, Yvonne. I didn't even know about baby brain when I actually experienced it. I did consider it a nuisance because it seemed to be out of my control. For those of you wondering what on earth baby brain is, here is my partner's definition. Isn't that basically when women become totally insane? And it's like as if the baby's brain inhabits their own. It's time I set the record straight. Up until about three years ago, baby brain was often dismissed as pregnant women just going crazy. The moments of forgetfulness, absent-mindedness and lack of focus weren't really explained. Women were left to just think, well, that's it, I guess. This is me. Scatterbrained. She's got a serious case of pregnancy brain. Last week I found a bar of soap in the fridge and a stick of butter in the shower. My mum tells me she's juggled being a primary school teacher, having three daughters, and maintaining a happy home for over 30 years. In my eyes, she's a superhero. But she said pregnancy took a toll not only on her body, but also on her mind. 
I burnt through two kettle elements. I would switch the kettle on thinking, oh, I might just have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. And it would just boil and boil and boil (laughs) until the element burnt out. Mark wakes me up saying, what are you doing? And I actually was cradling his arm because (laughs) as if I were breastfeeding his arm. I woke up realising that it wasn't actually my baby that I was breastfeeding, but my husband's arm. (laughs) My mum's not the only one whose baby seemed to wreak havoc on the mind. My friend Carly also had a story to share. I went shopping again one day and left the meat in the boot of the car. I think it was a hot day. We found out about it about 24 hours later when there was a stench coming from the boot of our car and the smell has never left the car. It was just revolting. I can see how it would be easy to think you've completely lost your marbles. I did think, gosh, what if, <laughs> what if I did something that actually put the baby in danger? Well, fear not. I spoke to Professor Sasha Davies, who did a whole study on the effect of baby brain. She told me that it's not all that it's cracked up to be, but in a good way. The cognitive domains in which women tend to do better if they're pregnant is things like facial recognition and social cues, recognising threatening faces, for example. We might lose some functioning in areas like memory and attention, but we become so much better at reading social cues and recognising facial expressions because we have to be. It makes evolutionary sense. Well, there you have it. Baby brain could actually make women stronger. There are way too many damaging stereotypes against women. And just like with baby brain, they're misunderstood. The 70s women's lib movement had it right. Let's free our sisters from these assumptions and just let them do their thing. So mum, what do you think? For me as a person, I think I became so much less selfish. I gained so much more patience and just the ability to love even more. I'm a better me. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go hug my mum and tell her she's awesome. That reporting was done by Nell Gerards. Next up, a story about a mysterious occurrence we're all familiar with. The sense that something's already happened. You may know it as deja vu. Our reporter Ziyu Shah takes a look at the different theories around what causes this perplexing phenomenon. I've been here before. I've been here before. In a dream. Maybe many of you have had this experience. I've never been here before. I've never met this person and things haven't happened yet. But there is a feeling of similarity in the past just like it did happen or I have seen the same in a dream sorry I just want an effervescent tablet Mm-mm. do you suddenly think that you have a special function to foresee the future what happened in front of me was the first time but it felt like a strange sense of familiarity the pictures in front of me the people in front of me what people were saying seemed to have happened, and I experienced it again. As if I had entered a world of science fiction, this scene was repeated again and again. Sorry, I just wanted an effervescent tablet. Wow, how strange. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did I just say this? This feeling of already seeing the reality like a dream is called déjà vu. The book The Future of Psychic Science, published by the French psychologist Emily Balleric in 1867, for the first time defined this phenomenon of distant acquaintance. Déjà vu refers to a strong had happened feeling to certain things and experiences, whether or not it really happened. Uh, I've been there before. Something's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. It's going to happen before it happens. Not really. No, just dreams or uh, you know, someone was going to say something to me once, and I knew what they were going to say as before they said it. That's about. Scientific American once did a similar survey. More than two thirds of the population have at least one déjà vu in their life. These people are mainly concentrated on young people between 15 and 25 years old. The study of déjà vu is complicated and difficult. It will only happen at the moment you are experiencing. After that moment, you will lose this feeling soon. And it becomes difficult to describe it. Until now, modern science still hasn't made a reasonable explanation for déjà vu. Some scientists believe that déjà vu is a kind of memory wake. When I was when I was shopping with my family, and I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain like déjà vu.、Um, I was shopping with my family. There was like a There was an argument like in the background, and as we turned around, it was it was like someone we knew. Like, what I remember seeing is my brother running in and obviously like breaking up the argument, and like my little sister's with me at the time, and I'm like, whoa. She's like, what's up? She's like, I was like,、oh, I've seen this before, but like in my sleep, <laughs> in my sleep, and she's like, she's looking at me like I'm some weirdo, but like, yeah, I think that's that was probably like the weirdest story, because like yeah, my little sister was like looking at me the whole time, and she's like, wow, you like. <laughs> Other experts think that it belongs to a phenomenon where dream overlap. I went to a beach one time, like a little bit far away from my hometown, and there was a set of stairs that like led down to the beach in a cave behind the stairs. And when I was walking down them, like I had like deja vu, like I'd been there before, and it felt like it was in a dream. But I've never, never ever been to that town before. While the supernaturalists made two other points, perhaps in the fate of reincarnation, we once again experience the same experience, similar to the previous life or flashing memories, and producing a feeling of déjà vu, or in the concept of parallel space, we have chosen this path in another parallel universe. There is another self walking the same trajectory as us, and there is a coincidence of memories. However, no matter how you feel about it, all you can do is experiencing it all over and over again. Just keep curious. That was Siyuja reporting. This is Theon. I'm Clancy Balin. Today's show is about all things mental. Our next story comes from Daniel Fander, one of our master's students who came here from Germany smack bang right into our first series of lockdowns. In one of those lockdown evenings, 
he found himself watching a movie that got him thinking, is there a pill out there that could make you a genius? I recently watched the movie Limitless. It's about a pill that makes the protagonist feel like this. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. After the movie was finished, I thought about this pill. How amazing would that be in reality? I mean, who doesn't want to be smarter? I like this idea and the blank first page of my assignment as well. So I began searching for a real Limitless pill. Okay, maybe it was less dramatic. Basically, I just went on the internet. But I found that the Limitless pill is allegedly modeled after Modafinil, the world's most famous smart drug. Smart drugs are originally used to treat medical conditions. Modafinil for the sleep disorder narcolepsy. But Modafinil is also said to improve mental performances. I wanted to find that out. But I was scared and didn't want to try it myself. Instead, I asked Modafinil user Chris Thomas about the effects. Probably within half an hour, I'd say, there was just a very slight noticeable alertness difference. And that was maintained through the day. Although it's not some magical super pill, Chris Thomas takes Modafinil to overcome tough working days. It almost feels a little bit like cheating because I, can, I think I can gain the same sort of benefit from really living the right lifestyle 100% of the time rather than 80% of the time and this kind of gets me through the other 20% so it lets me cheat and still be able to perform. To buy modafinil in Australia you need a prescription which Chris doesn't have. He ordered it on the internet with the danger to receive faulty pills but after some research Chris was sure that he will get a safe product and then he gave the first pill a try. Took that one at maybe 6.30 in the morning, powered my way through the day, five o'clock at knockoff. I was still feeling like I had a full day's worth of work left in me. I could have powered on further. Six o'clock, I thought, this is fantastic. It's continuing a lot longer than I expected it to. Hopped into bed around 10 o'clock and thought, okay, it'll be done now. I'll hop into bed and uh, have a good night's sleep. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, <laughs> 1 a.m. <laughs> I think it was probably a little strong for my needs. Chris told me that he then cut the dosage to half a pill and is happy ever since. But I didn't want to try modafinil. How should I find my right dosage? No, I love my sleep. Plus, Chris concludes about modafinil. This is not some sort of brilliance pill. It doesn't, uh, I don't think it winds up your IQ. So I looked further and I found Andrew. He doesn't want me to mention his full name because of possible legal problems. Andrew took piracetam, which is originally used to treat Alzheimer's. Like modafinil, it's a prescription-only medicine in Australia. It's a really slow build-up. It takes a couple of weeks till you really notice anything, I suppose. There was no adrenaline rush or anything like that. It was just you felt motivated and clear about what you had to do. And it made learning very, very easy. You could immediately see patterns. This sounds more like the limitless pill that could turn all of us into Einstein. But Andrew had a different reason to start with piracetam. It was just to be able to interact with people in a normal sense because they could tell me something and two minutes later I've already forgotten it. Andrew lost most of his short-term memory after he had to take narcotics for over three years to treat an injury. Piracetam then helped him to regain his short-term memory. But he said he wouldn't use it as a long-term solution. Still, he thinks smart drugs can help if they are used in the right way. It's just like any medication, right? If you identify a problem and realize that it can be possibly solved with this then you can do that but it needs to be within reason you can't just overdo it it will end up 
taxing your body too hard. So can smart drugs actually improve cognitive performances? I talked to Elizabeth Bowman. She researches smart drugs at the Brain, Mind and Markets Laboratory at the University of Melbourne. And she only sees one advantage. It will keep you awake. It will really mess with your sleep. So if you're trying to just have more hours in a day to try and write an essay, then it will give you more hours in the day, but it won't give you magical essay writing powers. And that's why smart drugs fall behind natural options. It's just such a blunt instrument. I mean, the best cognitive enhancers we have is getting some proper sleep and eat vegetables and get some exercise. And like taking a pill is not going to improve much. I dreamt of a pill that can make us all smarter and that helps me with my assignment. But there is no such magical pill. Instead, my little excursion has shown that a healthy lifestyle with enough sleep is our best cognitive enhancer. Good night and sleep tight, my dear blank, first page. Daniel Fander reporting on that story. The dreaded scroll hole. You know the feeling. Stuck in an endless cycle of autoplay, YouTube clip after YouTube clip assaulting your eyes. After finally pulling yourself away, you're horrified to realise you've lost an hour. But you made the decision, right? Reporter, sports tragic and newly minted amateur baker Peter Quattricelli investigates the role of the algorithm in our decision-making. I'd spend roughly 75% of my workday looking at sports videos online. But it wasn't as though I was procrastinating. That was my first job after graduating university. My parents must have been so proud. Looking back at my watch history, an average day looked something like this. I'd watch a few videos on LeBron James, then maybe a couple on Steph Curry... Next thing you know, I've moved on to the NFL's biggest hits. And just a few videos later, I'm transported to the UFC's octagon watching a brutal brawl. When it became my full-time job to watch YouTube videos from 9 to 5, I had no choice but to become engrossed in some of the characters of American sport. And and they are great characters. That's my former colleague, Darcy Sutton. We started working together around the same time, and his own experience is pretty similar to mine. That love for NBA has continued through to today, to the point where I listen to NBA podcasts almost daily. I didn't do that before I started that job, and that's purely because I didn't know the players, the personalities, and that was like the entry point for me. Like Darcy, basketball is still a big part of my life. Whether it be podcasts, news, or social media, it always seems as though I'm being recommended basketball. Which got me thinking, was I always destined to become such a big American sports fan, or was it an algorithm's destiny for me? I mean, sometimes people use the analogy of a recipe. I had a recent chat with Michelle Wilson, Professor of Internet Studies at Curtin University, hoping she could help me understand whether I'd been influenced by an online algorithm. So if I want to make a cake, I, I collect a certain number of ingredients, and then the recipe tells me what order to put things into, what to leave out, how long to do particular things to come to a particular outcome. So an algorithm does a similar type of thing. They pick particular bits of that information and say, these are the things that I think you're interested in. And so it doesn't say these are all the things because the amount of information is 
exponentially growing, it can be quite overwhelmingly large. It seems my tragic sports obsession aligns with this. My job got me into sports, but algorithms played a part in reinforcing my beliefs. While that might seem harmless, sometimes algorithms can push us further into extremes. That was a small group of protesters in Melbourne. They're advocating for the arrest of Bill Gates as the head of a global conspiracy involving the coronavirus and 5G technology. A conspiratorial worldview isn't necessarily developed online, but it is possible that disaffected people are pushed to more extreme views by algorithms. In the same way, I'm recommended sport content because of my online habits. Those tend to be more attention-capturing or exciting. Colin Klein is an associate professor in philosophy at ANU. Recent research from Klein into the behaviour of users on Reddit's conspiracy forum suggests people don't really get sucked into conspiracy theories. They're in some cases already disaffected by real-life events. There's a kind of classic picture of a conspiracy theorist where, you know, they're slightly crazy, everything connects to everything else, they've got the pin board in their room and so on. And you do find people like that, and they're very loud and they talk a lot, so that it's clear why they become kind of the spokespeople. But a lot of people seem to get there because they're, for example, angry at the police. So we see a lot of that now in the U.S. Or angry about, say, U.S. foreign policy, or just find out about some of the unseemly things that governments have done. And in many cases, it seems like more of this self-fulfilling kind of disillusionment that's partly fueled by the external world. Algorithms play a clear role in shaping our online lives. Think for a second about the platforms and apps you use. How many of those are driven by algorithms? Because of this, it's important to understand when our behaviours and interests are being turned into data. It is useful to understand not only how the data and the material that you're encountering online is generated and provided to you, to understand what you may be missing out on, but on the other hand, it's also important to understand that when you click on something, you are sharing data. Things have changed for me as the world takes a short break from sport and the average time online increases. Now my recommended videos are filled with intricately scored loaves of bread while I try and fail to achieve the perfect crust. Which raises a similar question. Did I ever really want to bake bread? You've been listening to the first part of our new series, Mental. This episode has been all about the new you. Next week, we head inside and shine a light on some of our deepest fears and phobias. This episode has been produced in collaboration with the Science Gallery Melbourne. Don't forget to head down to the brand new space in Parkville for their official opening this week. Thanks to all of our reporters, Nell Gerards, Siuja, Daniel Fander, and Peter Quattricelli, as well as our executive producer, Louisa Lim. The yarn is produced at the Centre for Advancing Journalism at the University of Melbourne. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and you can listen back across all the usual streaming platforms. See you next week.